I'm Damian Willis, and this is The Reporter's Notebook, a new podcast from the Las Cruces Sun News in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. This week, we take a closer look at the so-called McHard Report, a scathing report detailing $1.7 million in mishandled public money within Visit Las Cruces, the city's Convention and Visitors Bureau. That was a year ago. Now, a year later, the city pointed to a number of organizational changes inspired by the report, but officials also admitted to not following all of the investigators' recommendations. We're joined by Las Cruces Sun News reporters Algernon DeMassa and Michael McDevitt, who recently wrote a story about where things stand now. So let's just kind of start out at the beginning. How did we first come to learn about this issue? Algernon, I think you were at the paper at the time. I had just recently arrived. Um, this whole saga begins in 2018, I guess we could say, with some internal whistleblower reports uh, deep within the city, trying to get the attention of the mayor and the city council about violations of procurement code, um, funny business with money, bullying and intimidation, uh, various kinds of retaliation. Uh, there were also some complaints about improper hiring, promotion, and termination at the city. We reported on a number of lawsuits between 2018 and 2019. Employees who were terminated because they, or allegedly because they had submitted whistleblower complaints, uh, most of these lawsuits were eventually settled. And then there's this anonymous memo that starts making the rounds at the city and it gets leaked to press. And it's believed to be written by an employee just because of the level of detail. And it talks about then city manager Stuart Ede, as well as a lot of other top officials. Um, and the city eventually shells out $9,000 to investigate alleged misconduct with procurement and bad management. And the investigation finds no wrongdoing. It just says that maybe Stuart Ede could soften his management style a little bit. And there but were there were conflict conflict of interests uh, that were also alleged, right? Yes, conflicts of interest, improper relationships with people bidding on contracts, um, just evasion of financial controls, and uh, and this investigation initially said, nope, nothing to see here, and then. There were some findings on the city's annual financial statement audit, the annual audit that the city has to do anyway, that pointed to some procurement problems and some contract management issues and the way the city was moving money around and perhaps some payroll issues, uh, time cards and overtime. And this starts to get attention. And then a mysterious character appears in the midst of all this. Um, who starts submitting very specific, very knowledgeable public records requests at the city under what appears to be a pseudonym, Paul Zimmerman. And this Paul Zimmerman begins assembling very detailed reports 
and submitting them to city officials, almost like a private citizen doing their own audit, but and, uh, very knowledgeable and well-versed in city procedures. Who is, and these reports are also shared with reporters. Who is uh, Paul Zimmerman? No one? No. Well, I shouldn't say no one knows. A number of parties have tried to identify Paul Zimmerman. I even know somebody who hired a private detective trying to find out who Paul Zimmerman is, was. Um, There's even a theory that Paul Zimmerman is multiple people, at least one of whom works or worked at the city. So what is the McHarg report? This is the report that came out it it is uh, the result of an audit what is it and what prompted that well let's let's just so before we get there a few more shoes dropped in 2019 so i'll just fill in this last piece of the sort of prologue in the spring of 19 more shoes are dropping right stuart ede suddenly goes on vacation just as we learned that the head of the city's economic development department that was Phil Sanfilippo, and the head of Visit Las Cruces, which is the city's convention and visitors bureau, her name was Jen Bales, are suddenly put on leave, and there's now another investigation getting underway. Mayor Ken Miyagashima says that we'll learn everything we need to know in a matter of days, and it ended up being a year and a half. Uh, Stuart Ede resigns, Phil Sanfilippo gets fired, Jen Bales resigns, and eventually a very long process that culminates in the McCard firm's report at the city. And what is what is the McCard firm? They're external auditors? Uh, they're forensic accountants, external auditors. They are a firm. Uh, their New Mexico office is in Albuquerque. And these are the people you call in if you need to do a real deep dive into reconstructing transactions and kind of historical accounting failures to try to trace where the money went and how it moved. Um, These are expensive investigations. They're extremely time consuming uh, as you have teams of auditors going over reams sometimes millions of pieces of paper and this came about as part of an action from the city council yes because eventually the city council had to approve the money so the city ended up spending well over two hundred thousand dollars uh on mccard initially they were retained uh by the city's legal department to begin the investigation and they could do that up to a certain amount of money Uh, But then beyond that threshold, they had to go to city council to get a higher appropriation of money. And of course, that means that in public session, we learned a lot more about the scope of this investigation. And uh, what did that report find? So the report finds that, boy, this is a 767-page report, first of all. Just read it to us. (laughs) Happy to, yeah. Starting with page one. I mean, to try to sum it all up real quickly, um, it detailed $1.7 million in lost money since 2016, focusing on Visit Las Cruces, laying a lot of responsibility for uh, the former economic development director, 
um, but also pointing to a general lack of internal financial controls or, again, evasion of those controls uh, at the upper levels of management of the city. This involved the Las Cruces Country Music Festival, which was an annual event. It is now uh, defunct. And um, events at the Rio Grande Theater downtown, um, various other events at Plaza de Las Cruces downtown. All of these events were found to have generally lost money at a time when the mayor and the city council were being advised that the theater was running a profit and the country music festival's attendance was great, although auditors think that those attendance figures may also have been exaggerated. And the last thing I should sort of add in here is that these allegations also involved a very prominent businesswoman in Las Cruces. Her name is Marcy Dickerson. She owns a couple of restaurants and a catering business, and she also does an event management service. And she's done a lot of work on contract with the city in the past. Uh, but um, the auditors uh, also faulted uh, the way that she was managing the country music festival at the time. I should say, we should just say that San Filippo and Dickerson both have pushed back really hard against this report. They have denied wrongdoing and complained that the investigators never interviewed them so that they could explain their side or account for what they did. Now, Mike, what would you like to add? Nobody's been charged, though investigators with the McCard firm did say that potential criminal violations had been um, had occurred. The audit report was turned over to the state attorney general's office. And when we reached out for a statement, a spokesperson told us that they were nearing the end of their investigation, but nobody has been charged as of yet, if if at all. That's pretty accurate. I mean, there were some allegations in the report about potential violations, not only of procurement code, but of law involving bid rigging and fraud. Um, but those were referred to law enforcement. And so we're waiting to see if law enforcement decides to pursue charges in that matter or not. But so far, nothing. So Algernon or Mike, uh, what sort of changes did that bring about or Maybe I should ask what sort of changes were promised? Well, I would say that the city got ahead of the report. On the day that it was released to the public and we began reporting on it, Mayor Ken Miyagashima actually issued a statement saying that the findings in the audit had already improved the city's internal policies and, and, and the city as an organization. And he also pointed out that the city's annual financial audit found no repeat findings of the most serious concerns that auditors in the McCard report had had brought up. And that is true. The, um, the comprehensive financial report, which was later presented to city councilors in February of last year, did not show any sort of um, repeat findings of the uh, allegations and things that the McCard report turned up. But the city went on to promise uh, a litany of policy changes and steps that they had taken or were considering in the wake of this scathing report's release. Uh, they include things like boosting protections for the types of whistleblowers that raised these concerns in the public eye or reforming the city's procurement code or 
tightening up the rules for actually selecting these vendors, reforming conflict of interest disclosure requirements. They also promised to enhance the independence of their of their internal audit department and to hire an inspector general to uh, create an oversight committee to keep the city manager and, and audit reports in check. That, those are just some of the things that they had promised to do. And they also uh, pointed out certain things that they had already done to respond to the report's findings. So as we look back on it a year later, uh, I believe the report came out last January. Is that correct? It came out at the end of December. It came out at the very end of 2020. Okay. So as we look back on it uh, about a year later, how is it going? My understanding is that some of the things that were promised or uh, recommended remain unfulfilled. Yeah, so one big thing that uh, McCard both recommended and the city promised to do was hire an inspector general, but that has not happened more than 12 months later. And when we asked the city manager and chief administrative officer, Barbara DeLeon, about that, they seemed to say that what was impeding them from hiring someone to fill that inspector general role was they weren't sure if the position would be a full-time position, a part-time position, or a contract with an external organization. However, we have city code that actually points to how they're supposed to do this. They actually, the city council actually passed an ordinance called the Accountability and Government Ordinance in 2018 that establishes an inspector general position. It's the same ordinance that established the oversight committee that now is functioning at the city level. The inspector general by ordinance is supposed to be a full-time position and the ordinance goes on to list a number of qualifications that the the IG is supposed to adhere to, to to even get the job in the first place. And so the reason why they have delayed this so long and, and not hired somebody for that position, we were not able to get a clear answer on it, but we were able to get another promise from them in our interview where they said the plan is to hire an inspector general. It just remains to be seen how that role will fit within the city government's organizational structure. Here's Barbara DeLeon, the city's chief administrative officer. And again, as Igor said, currently it's, it's under the, um, uh, the liaison responsibility to the city auditor. Uh, if and when we do decide that the inspector general um, would be a, a, um, a full-time position or a regular position of the city, that that person would also have uh, liaison responsibilities to the oversight committee. But that committee is established and functioning. So... Part of this podcast is kind of pulling back the curtain on uh, our reporting process. So how did you guys just just wrote a story about this last week? How did you go about looking into it for uh, the update that we just published? Since the McCard report came out, uh, Michael McDevitt has been following the city a lot more closely than I have. And so Part of what we do, of course, is is to go back and and review and watchdog once a report like that drops, what improvements, what changes, what can be done, what has been done. And so 
Michael and I tag teamed on this interview because I had done the reporting on this whole process from 2018 to the end of 2020. Michael McDevitt is our city reporter, and he has been both following these changes in real time and also having to spool time backwards and get the context from the bombshell that that report was when it was released. And so we went into this together, both with the uh, historical background of the reporting and the concerns, as well as being aware of current events where even as we speak, there is an internal audit underway regarding a process very similar to procurement about how to allocate federal relief dollars. And so Michael and I are sort of the, the two-headed reporter who um, has been on this beat since 2018. And to add to what Algernon said, I believe that an interview, and, and, and to be transparent with listeners, we interviewed city manager Ifo Pili and Barbara De Leon, the chief administrative officer of the city. It was Barbara that provided Algernon last year with the things that the city would be doing in the upcoming calendar year to respond to the McCard report. The city manager is still new to the job. He's only been in the job for about a year and a half at this point. And so he was new to the job when the report dropped, but we wanted to interview both of them to see what progress has been made and to get them to explain in specifics some of the things that they had promised to implement. In fact, a lot of the promises that were given last year include a lot of words such as review and enhance and tighten up. And it's it's words that sound great, but we wanted to get more specifics. What they're, were things they're that actually kind of done? soft benchmarks? They're There's, not real firm. We wanted to get a more solid idea of what had actually been done. And in the interview, we ended up focusing on the biggest promises that we had identified and inquired about how those had been accomplished or what the city was doing to work towards those. And the inspector general is just the first example of that. Here's Las Cruces city manager, Ifo Pili. The city auditor also provides me with reports along with the oversight committee. And so it's a little, little difficult to have a total independent without having, you know, going back to the inspector general, that's part of the reason we thought about even doing a, a contracted one is because as long as you're a city employee by charter, you report to the city manager. There's not a lot of independence there. Another example of that would be the procurement code, which did undergo a review and an adoption of, of amendments last year. But another thing that was brought up in the McCard report was, especially in the wake of the mismanagement that auditors found at Visit Las Cruces, was that the city should get out of the business of planning events and putting on events through Visit Las Cruces, that instead they should be promoting tourism, promoting the city. And I asked the city manager about this, and I asked him what he saw the role of Visit Las Cruces as going forward. And he agreed with the conclusions of auditors that the city shouldn't be in the event planning business, is is what he told me. But he conceded that it would be a gradual process to fully transition into a solely tourism-based approach because he noted that there are 
some events that the city puts on that don't have uh, an external entity or a private partner that could take those over just yet. But the goal is to get private partners to take over events for the city so that the city can solely serve as as a, a tourism promotion bureau. I think that that's another one that we've had a lengthy discussion about here with the Las Cruces. The goal is for us not to be an event planning business. We don't want to be an event planning business. Uh, however, we do want to continue to push tourism and we do want to, you know, we had asked about the purpose. I mean, it really is to increase tourism and, and uh, that, that sector of our economic development plan uh, to push the good things about uh, Las Cruces. And I was I was a reporter uh, at the time that the the city essentially uh, took over the the Rio Grande Theater from the Doniana Arts Council, and that was very controversial at the time and was fought very hard by a number of local residents, but also uh, the Arts Council itself. Are there any plans to kind of divest from that? No. Um, The auditor had recommended selling the theater or finding um, another entity to manage it. Uh, The Arts Council previously managed it for quite a long time. That relationship ended, as you noted, quite uh, several years ago. And there's no talks about the Arts Council resuming in that role. And in fact, City Manager Peely conceded to us that the Economic Development Department had pushed back on the suggestion of divesting from the theater. And so for the time being, Peely wants to wait a year and see how things pan out in the year to come, maybe in a post-pandemic footing, and then reassess that decision. As news consumers and as citizens, I just want to address something that Michael had brought up a moment ago. We need to be very careful when we hear a lot of these phrases about how we're reviewing and reinforcing and, 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 and policies that already exist, as well as self-congratulatory statements that assure the public that the city has already made necessary changes and is doing great. In all fairness to the city, they did make some changes during the process of the investigation, as well as during the period where they had the report, but it had not yet been released to the public. So there were steps taken, but also we need to be aware that their statements are very public facing and there is also an interest in selling hard the notion that things are under control. And it is our job as diligent citizens and news gatherers to just uh, uh, verify those claims. So looking ahead, where do you guys, Algernon and Mike, where do you anticipate this leading? Well, I can start with that. To start going forward as a city reporter, I believe that I need to keep an eye on the city's compliance with its procurement code. That was one of the major finds in the McCard report is that there was multiple violations of the procurement code and the anti-donation clause and, and other city standards. And going forward, we need to make sure that the changes and the promises that the city has made are actually being put into practice case in point there's an internal audit going on right now 
or it may have actually already finished, and the the report is expected to be released to the public within the next couple of weeks. But that internal audit is looking at the selection process to determine the distribution of federal pandemic funds to a number of Las Cruces nonprofits and non-governmental agencies that proposed a variety of different community-based economic relief projects for people in need, especially people who have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. There were concerns raised by some of the bidders that there were improprieties with the eligibility process, the eligibility phase of the selection process. And sure enough, the internal auditor said that unofficial cursory look at the process showed potential procurement code violations, potential violations of city standards, such as needing to disclose conflicts of interest, and some of the same things that we'd seen in the McCard report, such as improper contact between city officials and bidders. This will all come out and we'll have a better picture in the final report of what what sorts of findings were substantiated. But it points to, again, continued non-compliance potentially with the with the procurement code on the city's part. And so going forward, we we really need to, as as members of the public, make sure that they are are living up to what they promise, which is to reform the things that were found in this report. I can also say that on this upcoming Tuesday at the city, they are supposed to be hearing the results of their most recent comprehensive financial report, which which is a yearly audit in which some of the allegations later substantiated in the McCard report were first raised, such as a, a problem with overtime pay within Visit Las Cruces employees. So there's there's a lot to watch out for, and those are the places that I'll be looking going forward on on if they are learning from the findings in this um, report or not. Yeah, uh, Algernon, anything you want to add? There will have to be a decision about the mission and purpose of Visit Las Cruces and whether it stays in the event planning business or whether it is in the tourism promotion business and economic development business. Because when you have events, you are often handling money and all of those transactions create opportunities for grift or error, uh, mishandling of public funds or it creates more processes that need to be watchdogged and checked and that entails more expense and more time and so there will have to be a decision about whether the city really needs to be in that business or whether it needs to focus that bureau's mission on simply promoting and inviting people to come and enjoy the beautiful city of Las Cruces. And that's not just ticket money. That's also vendor money, you know, like with food trucks and and things like that. Food trucks, uh, contracts for performers, uh, regulations. Are you serving alcohol at your event, right? Absolutely. Well, um, thanks for taking the time to kind of pull back the curtain and sharing this story with our listeners, Mike and Algernon. I certainly appreciate your time. Anytime, Damien. Thanks, Damien. See you in the metaverse. No, I can say a different thing if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Damien. (laughs) This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damien Willis. 
This week's podcast was written and produced by me. Please subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News to read all our local reporting. Brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces. Until next time, I'm Damian Willis. Thanks for listening.